The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Johnny Sestina and Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. I need help getting out of my student loan debt. I'm so worried. How am I going to afford taking care of my parents? When's a good time to get into the market? I'm really not sure when I should start taking my Social Security. I wonder if I have enough insurance. I wonder when I can retire. It's time to talk about your money. Managing to be wealthy. Our team of fee-only financial planners is ready to help you to create better financial habits. Envision your long-term goals and understand money management better than ever. Our resident hosts of Johnny, Sestina, and Company are on deck to show you the way. Welcome to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan, and joining me on today's show is Craig Konstantinovich. We're both certified financial planners and longtime retired certified financial planner, John Sestina. How was your 4th of July, John? Well, it was wonderful. You know why? Why? I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Stay away from the crowds, right? Yeah, I just heard the sad news about our goalie, though. Yeah, I didn't, tragic. I was not too I wasn't stimulated yeah. by that. No, tragic news for the Blue Jackets goalie losing his life to a fireworks accident. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, every year we're hearing more and more about these fireworks accidents and nothing else to say but be safe with them. That's um, right. It's terrible. But that being said, uh, hopefully everyone had a good 4th of July holiday. Well, we have a firecracker of a show for them today. Yes, we do. Yes, <laughs> we do. And we are. We talked a lot about the tax law proposals, and it is one step closer to going to the floor because now it is in a bound book. It is a, called the Green Book, and this Green Book comes with all the actual suggestions or recommendations they are going to propose in the tax law, and we're going to get into that. That's what we're going to focus on today's show, and then maybe at the end of the show, we're going to talk about a uh, wedding planning and mm-hmm. how to approach that from within your financial plan. I thought you were married already. Yeah, so oh, okay. yeah, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And uh, so that that being said, but before we get there, John, Uh-oh. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you know the acronym HENRY? Oh, you started to tell me. Yeah. Go ahead. HENRY is an acronym. It stands for High Earnings, Not Rich Yet. Yes. Okay. And apparently the millennial generation of Henrys, they're living paycheck to paycheck. I'm not surprised. Right. And so my question to you is go back to the 70s, go back to the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. And those people who live paycheck to paycheck, is this anything new? Not really, because I've seen all my career where people who make high incomes, doctors, lawyers, whomever it is, they still seem to spend every dime they have. Right. And so that puts stress on them uh, emotionally. I mean, they have enough money coming in, they think they're doing okay, but every now and then they hit a financial struggle when they can't do something or buy something or be something because they don't have any savings. Right. And uh, Business Insider did an article talking about the Henrys, and right now it says about the article stated about 54% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Yep. So, Craig, if you encountered someone who was a Henry, high earnings, not rich yet, mm-hmm. what would how would you start? I mean, the first thing that we always talk about is paying yourself first. So you have to build that into your budget. You have to say, I'm going to save X amount of dollars, get it out of sight, out of mind, because it sounds like it's more of the actual um, mental state of understanding how money works, you know, not understanding everything in those pieces. But 
I mean, they could be leaving money on the table if there's an opportunity to get a match on your 401k or your retirement plan at work. They could be losing out on some tax benefits there. And John, I think it was you that said financial planning isn't necessarily about how much you earn or what kind of returns you get. It's all about how you save and how you plan mm -hmm. because you can create more savings from tax benefits than you can from anything else. All right. A good planner will help a client more through planning than through investing. Right. And yeah. so that that's what I always focus on more so at that point is, okay, you may have your expenses, you may have your lifestyle, but if you're spending more than 50% of your income on fun things, not things that are required for your day-to-day -day living, you have to have a real gut check on gut check on how long you're going to be able to sustain that. Right. And you, I, you nailed it, right? Pay yourself first. Yeah. Uh, prioritize. After you get your cash reserve in place, something we always talk about, if you pay yourself first, you can live paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. Spend it all, right? As everything's allocated already towards the savings, towards your retirement or other priorities, and then it is okay to live paycheck to paycheck. But right now, unfortunately, when you hear about someone who is a, a living paycheck to paycheck or these Henrys, uh, their, I don't want to say it's their priorities, but I, where the money is going is is wrong. It's right. backwards, right? It's all going towards the things they maybe shouldn't be uh, yep. spending money on versus where they should be saving. And they're always trying to upgrade their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, this house is getting too small now, or we need a fancier car, or we got to put our kid into college that, I mean, a high school we don't appreciate. Certainly not in Columbus here. Right. right. You heard about that. <laughs> yeah. So... We have to, they, they, are, they are pooled, as it were, to keep a prestige, especially if they're professional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not a good thing to do. Right. And honestly, one of the other, maybe the last tangent on this point here, Stephen, but one of the big things that creeps into my mind is, I'm not sure if we've seen or not, but July 1st was a big day for a lot of collegiate athletes where they could start to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. They're talking about some people being multimillionaires while they're 18 to 22 years old. Right. I mean, you want to talk about creating a you know potential financial downfall of someone, give a college student a boatload of money and give them no resources on where do I save, how do I do this. I'm really worried with where things are going to go. I, I understand that they are entitled to that based off of what they're providing for, everything else, but to have zero guidance to go along with it, that's very worrisome to me. Yeah, the the opportunity is fantastic. Oh yeah, and then along with it comes that education. So it all it's all in line. And why I started off, John, is you know by whether it was the nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, these Henrys, this situation, it's not anything new. Not really. <laughs> no, people have been doing it forever, and we've talked about it all the while. I mean, think of these. Uh, you talk about athletes and the pros who are out there and get these magnificent bonuses. They tend to belong. Mm -hmm. So a high school kid getting this pile of money all at once, he may blow it too. Yeah, and they'll learn. They'll mm -hmm. learn about taxes. They'll oh, learn, yeah. Right? <laughs> they'll learn about, and that's something we'll talk about today is the taxes. So that's one thing. And then, all right, I'm going to switch now. When we talk about what ways to pay yourself first, and one of the things we've always recommended is putting money into a Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. And recently it's come to light that the Roth IRA – is benefiting the evil rich person. Oh, no. <laughs> God forbid, right? So Peter Thiel, who was the founder of uh, PayPal, it was exposed that his Roth IRA is over $5 billion in assets. How did he do that? How I mean, That's 
good for him. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Good for him. He did it the right way. It's with, written within the tax law. But obviously now people are going to say, whoa, 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 we can't have this. Right. Of course right? not. But uh, this comes with this, this notoriety comes with a concern for me because now, and I hear about it a lot, a lot of people want to assume a lot of risk. He assumed a lot of risk with his Roth IRA because he invested it in his company mm-hmm. with the Roth IRA. Somebody may come to you, John, and say, hey, I want to buy this penny stock and put all my Roth IRA money into it. Good or bad? Uh, go to the toy store and buy a bank. It has a slot in the top of it and put your penny in the slot. (laughs) In other words, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. And I hear that a lot where people want to assume that large risk because it is a tax-free account. So Mm -hmm. Peter Thiel has a $5 billion tax-free account, which now the government doesn't like, um, but good for him. But for us normal people, myself included, right, <laughs> yep. I do not assume that kind of risk because the couple of reasons behind it is any money I put in that Roth IRA, I only have one year's worth of contributions. Now, I can do a Roth conversion, pay taxes. Yes, that works. We've talked about that. But if I contribute six or $7,000 into my Roth IRA, that's all I have to contribute. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that exposed to high risk. I want that long-term, my cement, my my foundation. Um, it's really, really important for people to understand that is a Roth IRA is something you don't want to expose to a lot of risk with your investments. Well, we're coming up on another break. We'll continue our discussion with the Roth IRAs and how this may change due to Peter Thiel. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and Company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. First uh, segment, we talked a little bit about, we ended with Roth IRAs and with Peter Thiel, being, um, we'll say, exposed of having a $5 billion Roth IRA. Good for him, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Tax-free growth, all within the letters of the law. Mm-hmm. But now there may be ramifications <laughs> because Mr. Teal did a little bit too much good for himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that being said, Craig, uh, what is what may the IRS do or what may Congress do to alter the tool Roth IRA? Yeah, I mean... The Roth IRA is something that's always in the crosshairs of Congress. Everyone's always trying to figure out how can we really make this thing work. And, again, maybe not our opinion, but government's opinion, and benefit the government just as much as it benefits us. Uh, So one of the ways that they're talking about doing that is, first off, restricting the amount that you can have in Roth IRAs. You know, right now there's no caps, there's no limits. You know, like you were saying, Peter Thiel's $5 billion with a B could be a large account. But there, there's talks, uh, and not new talks, again, something that started back in 2016 and has continued since, that maybe we'll limit that at $5 million. Again, may sound like a lot of money, but when you start it off early on, that's tax-free growth. If you continue to make those contributions as long as you're eligible and do some Roth conversions along the way, things like that, you can quickly get to that $5 million mark, no problem. Yeah. Here's the bigger question. <clears throat> Why would they do that? 
Why would they do that? Why now? would the government do that? Well, the government does not, our, our friends at the IRS does not like Roth IRAs. They don't <laughs> like 401ks. They don't like 403bs. They right. don't like IRAs because the money's not in the tax system. Oh. They, they, the government will benefit from all the money in the tax system, taxable money, where it can get taxed every year with profits or dividends or interest. So these uh, tools that you like to refer to to help people get wealthy, they're the devil. Right, the tools to the IRS, to, to the IRS, <laughs> right, to the individuals. For us who want to be independently wealthy or independent of government, that that's our best uh, arsenal. That's that's our, our our weapons for defense is to create that wealth with those tools. But according to the Constitution, here you go. You're going to confuse me again. Here. <laughs> <laughs> it's my money, right? Sure. And so, why do they take it? As in the form of taxation. Yes, I guess that that's what they're doing. They call it, you know, taxation for their reason. Do you know what they're doing it with? Doing with the money? Well, we're going to get into that, but they're spending it. They're allocating <laughs> it to other places, which they deem is a necessity for right. the good of the country. And do mm -hmm. we know? We don't. We don't know. We well, we have an idea, but we usually know that's going more. More of it is going than what we have yep. in the so form of deficit. Go into the hospital and yep. say, uh, "I'll pay you. Here's ten thousand dollars. Now fix me." Yeah. No bueno. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't happening, right? Hey, yeah. hey, you don't know what they're going to do. You don't know if what right. machines are going to do. Maybe they'll cut right. your arm off. Who yeah. knows? Right. So uh, it, it's, this this to me is interesting because it's part of uh, what is carried over from the pandemic. People have become so uh, malleable. Uh, mm -hmm. You see it now even with this talk of a shot. They're going to come to your house, Stephen your place and knock on your door and that big dog of yours will attack them right <laughs> and they want to give you a shot whether mm -hmm. you want it or not well yeah i would have a problem with that but yeah so let's stick to the roth ira john <laughs> let's let's not go there what well, has to do with the roth IRA. okay That's what is it. go ahead i'll stop well, no but right you're the government wants their money the money in the cycle because right. it's, it can't be sheltered from taxation right they want it to be able to pay for those and you know again if we didn't have these tools and that would be more money that they could put towards a deficit and oh you know, yeah right there we go. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> in theory it may not actually al be allocated oh, towards it but have in you guys theory. been drinking the kool-aid no, no 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 you're not listening to us john <laughs> <laughs> so, and the other the other potential uh, change is a forced withdrawal. Right now, yep. one of the benefits of the Roth IRA is not a forced withdrawal. Right. You can keep it in there tax-free, have it invested tax-free, and have it grow tax-free your entire life. Yep. Yeah, it does, a, lot it, of, it, a lot of people use it as like a legacy tool because correct. then it becomes tax-free money for any um, beneficiaries at that point as well. Right. And, and, and to that point, one of the biggest tax law changes we saw in the last 10 years is that change of um, beneficiary IRAs when you're Huge. when you're uh, non-spousal beneficiary IRA meaning if you you receive a beneficiary from a non-spouse you have to take that money out over a 10-year period mm -hmm. again the government wants that money in the tax cycle um, that's a huge tax law change in the last 10 years yeah what other potential uh, changes may we see Craig with these Roth IRA. I mean, the two big ones, and, and you've touched on it, this idea of doing a Roth conversion. So taking money that you may not have already paid taxes on, or maybe you made an after-tax contribution to a retirement account, and then you want to convert it to a Roth. Mm -hmm. That could go away. Right. Again, this has been going on for decades that it's been talked about, that it's been 
you know, murmured as being a possibility, but that would be a huge situation for people. Right. And back in 2010, prior to 2000, the year 2010, you needed an income of less than 100000 in order to do a Roth conversion. Yep. And I can remember we had talked about it. Why were they getting rid of that $100,000 minimum? The government, our friends in government, wanted to create taxation to entice people to do Roth conversions. They actually <laughs> did it as a proponent to yeah. say, yeah, let's get more Roth conversions so we can get more tax dollars. Now they don't like it as much. Right, because when they did the conversion, don't forget, you have to pay the tax at that time. Mm -hmm. So if you convert from a traditional IRA to this, you pay the income tax, whatever that is. Yeah. Right, whatever your marginal tax bracket would so be. So this would be a good time for you to be talking to your planner about what you should do if you have a large IRA or modest IRA. Do you think taxes are going to go up or not? If you think taxes are going up, well, then you ought to take some moves for that from that perspective. Certainly. And I and again, I think the Roth IRA is still the best tool for those who want to achieve that financial independence because it is a tax-free account <laughs> and it will remain uh, tax-free. Mm -hmm. uh, how it's managed is a completely separate animal, including the forced withdrawals. Right. And then lastly, that, that was noted is uh, potentially eliminating alternative assets, you know, such as um, cryptocurrency, not publicly traded stocks, uh, those not being allowed to be invested within yeah, the real, IRAs. Even real estate and real things estate. like that, yeah, businesses. The businesses. Yeah. yeah. So again, Peter Thiel may have ruined it for all of us, <laughs> but good, good for him. Uh, he did it the right way. He took a lot of risk because it was his company, yeah. uh, his PayPal company, and uh, he hit it big. All right, John, we're going to switch subjects here, and we're going to talk about the Green Book. Oh. You know what the green book is? Maybe. Yeah, it's turning me green. Yeah. <laughs> so mission accomplished. Uh, yeah. So the green book is uh, the Biden administration has released the green book, which basically details the tax law changes that are coming to vote in Congress. We've talked a lot about these proposals. A lot of it was just talk of what may be coming down uh, the aisle here uh, for vote. But now it's actually bound it's a call the green book, and here mm -hmm. it comes. Uh, Craig, based on this, what do you, what's the first thing you noticed? I mean, the first thing, and it sounds nominal, but in the big scheme of things, it can be a very large, impactful thing for high-income earners. Top individual marginal tax bracket goes from 37% to 39.6, almost 40%. And that's just federal level. And that's just federal level. Yeah. Yep. On top of that, though, you also reduce the income that you have to earn to be in that top bracket. Mm -hmm. So before you had to have almost $520,000 worth of income. Whereas now if you've got anything over five or 450, rather, excuse me, you're going to be knocking on that door and you're going to be paying that higher tax bill. Right. So anything above $450,000 of taxable income gets taxed at a higher rate. So that's going to be a big deal. So that's just the first thing that we're going to talk about here with uh, the green book. When we come back from the break, we're going to go into a little bit deeper on what's actually in the Green Book and the proposed tax law. You're listening to Managing to Be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. Welcome back to Managing to Be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. Joining me on today's show is Craig Konstantinovich and John Sestina. And we are talking the proposed tax plan, which is now a little bit closer to vote. 
Uh, it appears that this will happen in 2022. Uh, first thing, Craig, you mentioned was uh, the top individual tax rate going from 37% to 39.6%. You know, m- maybe some of the listeners will say, well, that doesn't affect me. Right. Okay, fine. Maybe some of these things we're going to get to will affect you. <laughs> but the the biggest thing is that the, the, the government's really obviously looking to reclaim as much revenue as possible through taxation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the proposed fiscal budget for 2022 is calling for over $6 trillion of federal spending, uh, which is a 25% increase from 2021. Um, this That's huge, right? And that uh, went from $4.8 trillion to $6 trillion. Um, I don't know if we even want to talk about the deficit at this point, but it's not within budget. Trillion. Yeah. Right. And and this is this is getting big. Mm-hmm. So, again, we want to bring it to everyone's attention. Maybe some of these tax law changes may not impact you. But the bottom line is these are changes that are happening. Um, and we want everyone just to be aware of it. Well, and ultimately, these tax changes will affect everyone because they may affect your employer or whomever else. And that'll affect how they pay you, what they provide for you, et cetera, benefits, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. What <clears throat> benefits can be afforded. One of the other big ones uh, proposed in the proposal is capital gains tax. Yeah. Uh, right now you pay either 15% or 20% long-term capital gains. It wants to be switched to a, for any income over a million dollars, it gets taxed at ordinary, ordinary income. income at the 39 point. <laughs> so basically it's going from 20% to 39%. Oh, or but, call it 40%. I was going to say, and don't you forget that there's the additional Medicare tax Medi- that goes right on top of that. <laughs> right. Another 3.8%. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, now all of a sudden it's a 45% tax. 44. That's not, yeah, 44%. Right. Oh, you're 100% oh, oh, correct. And, and what yeah. about the states? Do and then, they, do they <laughs> charge anything? Right. And then we yeah. have the states. So uh, <clears> there we go with that. So, but the one, here's one, John, that actually I am in favor of. Okay. Uh-oh. You're going to say, I don't like the way you think, but (laughs) (laughs) carried interest. Carried interest is a form of income that is being used by a lot of, let's call it hedge fund managers, where they would get income and pay only capital gains tax on it through this tax law called carry interest. Now, this is in the proposal where it will be taxed as ordinary income. If your income's over four hundred thousand, yeah, I think that's I'm, okay. I'm fair with that's yeah. I'm okay because it's Seems only reasonable. it's getting taxed as the for the first time as ordinary income, which it should always be. Well, this yeah. is what okay. the hedge fund guys did. That's how they made all that money and yeah, built all those beautiful homes we've seen in New York, right, and the yachts <laughs> and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, I think that was one of the more reasonable changes. Okay, uh, Craig, what's what's next on the list here? So th- this one is probably the most shocking out of all of them. Like, yes. I, I understand, hey, there's going to be marginal tax rates and incomes that will adjust everything else, but any transfer of property, yeah. so that could be gifts or at death, <clears throat> will be treated as a sale of the property, and the capital <clears throat> gains will be taxed with gains over a million dollars being taxed at the new high tax rate plus the 38 additional tax and that's at the grantor level it's yeah. taxed not at the beneficiary Correct. level right and that includes trusts mm-hmm. when they do it it may include charitable uh spending uh not officially yet yeah but there's you know there's the cat sniffing around the milk <laughs> right. you let him have the spilled milk already Stephen. come on right you know? yeah but yeah and th- there's a few other exclusions that are on there so uh spouses and charities that they would be exempt from this Oh, but don't you worry. You can pay any taxes on any illiquid assets. So the sale of a business, things like that, 
government's going to help you out. You can pay that tax over 15 years. Well, yeah. and but family business so can be deferred as long as the family's operating. Bingo. But how that there's different kinds of businesses. Everyone right. thinks, oh, family business, but there are people that are um, non-active owners board members right board members sometimes. of family businesses they mm-hmm. stepped away because they let someone else run it who may be more knowledgeable that doesn't apply right right so you have to have active participation in that business so this that could be a that could be a kick in the drawers for a lot of families um who are passing along uh, generational family businesses and there are a lot of them oh yeah there are a lot of them um small business is the the staple of this country Mm-hmm. Right, yes, it's not it the big big corporates uh, situation. Well, we saw what happened during the pandemic when they shut them all down. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to recover from that. Sure thing. Yep. Right. Um, let's see what else is there. Uh, like kind cha- exchanges for real estate is limited to one million dollars annually. And well, I I assume this this is a saying like kind exchanges. I'm sh- assuming this is the ten thirty one exchange. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. which is very popular in real estate. And this is an accumulation. So if you have three or four rental properties, three or four real estate properties, and people may think, oh, that's a lot. Not really. Look at real estate prices. Right. Look at warehouses, right? Mm-hmm. Commercial properties apply as well. This is going to have a major impact because of that limitation. Right. And that's uh, where it's, it's going to be interesting, too, because at this point, they haven't said specifically when this is going to come into effect. You know, there's been talks about it being retroactive in, in most instances, there's talks of it being voted on at the end of this year and going into law. So if someone were to say act on this now, they could be putting themselves in harm's way because they may still be taxed or penalized because of it. Yeah. Well, Stephen, you're doing all this speculation that the, what they're going to change. Oh, no, it's not speculation. No, it's this is book. this is mm-hmm. this has been bound and will be proposed. There may be additions. And if people are unhappy about this, they do need to call somebody, the senator or their representative or someone. It's time for people to be involved. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Craig, what else do we have in there? There's still a lot more. And yeah, we're not going to hit all of them. But uh, yeah, the- as, as we're looking at it, uh, one of the big ones, too, that I I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, I hadn't really ever thought of it. But trusts are a lot of the focal points with this as well. And a lot of trusts that may be multi-generational, they've gone without you know, they file their tax returns, everything else, just like any other individual, but they don't have to have an accounting of what's going on. They don't have to keep a balance sheet. You're talking about something that's being treated like a business, but it's not required to provide substantial financial documents. So this would also make it a requirement that trusts create a balance sheet, an income sheet, and also have an accounting of the actual activities and operations if the trust is worth over a million dollars or if it generates more than $20,000 worth of income. Yeah. Do you realize how long trusts have been around? I think for longer than I've been alive. I can tell you that right now. Well, when I was a kid, you know, with a chisel and a stone (laughs) writing these things up. No, it's before that. It comes out of the England uh, uh, English law. And so it's been around forever. And now they're jockeying with that too. Sure. And and again, it's just putting a big squeeze on, on wealth. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- what was not in Green Book is what we've talked about on the show is the estate tax exemption. Right. Yep. The estate tax exemption. There was there was talk of a three point five million dollar estate tax exemption. Currently, it's twenty three point four million for a joint filer for spouses. Uh, that is not. So there's no proposed change there yet. So I guess that's a good thing. 
Well, remember, part of it, too, is that once we reach 2026, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act sunsets. So even if this doesn't bring that change— we're still going to be seeing that change come. It's on the clock, right? It's yep. on the clock. So uh, the other thing that's been heavily talked about is the reinstatement of the state and local income tax uh, salt. Uh, deduction, mm-hmm. SALT deduction. That is not in the proposal, any reinstatement there, but that may be done separately. Yeah, so that that's is a something, surprise, actually. Right. That mm-hmm. is a surprise because it is a lot of the wealthier states, <clears throat> New York, California, um, that has the backing of the – they're basically their blue states, and that's fine. Uh, so that's a big thing. And then the repeal of the 20% uh, pass-through entity deduction is not in the uh, proposal either. We're coming up on another break here. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN. You're listening to Managing to be Wealthy with fee-only financial planners of Johnny, Sestina, and company. If you're looking for the latest stock tip or how to time the market, you've come to the wrong place. If you want help navigating all the moving pieces of what makes a financial plan successful, tune in and take notes. Welcome back to Managing to be Wealthy, your weekly financial planning radio show. This is your host, Stephen Lucan. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about John E. Sestina and company and managing to be wealthy, you can look us up on the internet at managingtobewealthy.com or give us a call at our Bethel Road office at 614-326-3077. So, John, we're talking tax reform. It's a little bit closer to fruition, or at least coming to the floor of your uh, of our Congress and voting. Um, you've seen a lot of tax law changes over the years. This one seems pretty dramatic. Yes, is this is. wrong? Am I wrong with that? Or it's... No, I agree. I think it's very aggressive tax payments, and I think uh, almost all taxpayers don't fall for the $400,000 mark are going to be affected. You have to remember, when you take away, for example, that 20% uh, benefit for uh, pass-through corporations, that impacts the owner, and that impacts the employee, and so maybe the owner can't afford to uh, have the simple retirement plan there right or the 401k right or the 401k or whatever it is and so then that impacts you you have to pay for more for yourself not directly taxes but it's a cost and so i know people are busy and all that sort of thing but it's time you need to wake up and take this country by the hands and uh, shake it up a little bit i mean you i've been reading about the forefathers and the founding of the country And some of the things they made, and basically, you know, the government is only supposed to do what? You ask me this all the time, and I keep forgetting. Provide defense. Military defense, police, courts, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. There's nothing in there about education. There's nothing in there about uh, whatever all this stuff is we've been talking about here. And so we need people to realize that they need to be self-sufficient because that's the premise upon which this country was founded. Right. And so that's why I get all agita here, Stephen, when you start reading all this stuff. And it's, see, it, it, they, it slides in. It's a little by little, and pretty soon it's glued everything down. Right. And, and again, what we do and what managing to be wealthy is about is that financial independence. <clears throat> and you know, we don't like it. The harder it becomes, right? We don't want it to become that much more difficult. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's the goal. The objective is so you don't have to answer anybody. Right. You want to have your have no mortgage on your house. You want to be able to fill any tax obligations. Yeah, and a lighter tax obligation it makes it a little bit easier to focus on other things. Um, and there's that balance. There's a healthy balance between uh, taxation and where, where should that level be. 
right? And that's that. I don't think that argument's ever going to end, but we're just going to, you know, fight what you believe in. Just set a flat tax. That would be nice. the end. Don't worry about all this Mickey Mouse and all the tax. Who's getting rich on all these changes? The accountants and the lawyers. Mm -hmm. That's not helping us as citizens just taking money out of our pockets. So individuals need to realize all of this paper, all this, all those, you look at Washington, D.C. I know you lived there for a while, Stephen, but you look at all the costs that is, that is incurred because of government. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking about the offices and the agencies and the da-da-da-da. <clears throat> and that, just think we had that money to put back into help impoverished people. Right. Maybe we could help those homeless people. Who knows? Yeah. So anyway, but but nonetheless, you know, I started off saying it may not. Some of these changes may not impact some of the listeners financially, but <laughs> one day it might, right? right? And that's why I at least understand how the tax system works, what, where it will impact people, and and it, as you said, John, it, it one day it may impact you one way or another. Yeah, but right? probably will. When your IRA grows to be over a million dollars, all of a sudden you're in a new camp, right? You know? And, and, the, and it's proving that the number's changing, right? Yep. It's not the 100000 we talk, opened the show with. It was focusing on $100,000 of income. Yep. The, that $100,000 millennial earner is going to learn a lot about taxation. You bet. Right? Real quick. And, <laughs> yep. And, and history shows us that uh, lowering taxes does more good than raising taxes. John yep. Kennedy, for example, he mm-hmm. was one. Reagan was one. Clinton. Clinton was one. Yep. Trump was one. You know, that, that all helps the economy. Yeah. And here we're coming into a... What was a booming economy, and now we're just crippling it with it's all It's going to put a chokehold oh, on it. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah. And, it, and so, yeah, so you just got to pay attention to it. Again, you know, switching from uh, capital gains. Do you, do you recall when it was – I always recall capital gain, long-term capital gains as a 15% tax. Do you remember what it used to be prior to when, – when did it change? I don't remember when was it, it changed. Was it the Reagan uh, era? You mean it, when it came down? Yeah, when it came down. It must have been then. Right. Yeah. So again, right? Capital gains tax. At one point, it was a heavy tax, and then it became right, and and then they dropped down to fifteen percent. Now it's going back up again. But again, that's if you have an investment. If you made an investment, even in in Bitcoin, made an investment in whatever appreciated, the government's going to want that profit, a piece of the profit. Right. The one thing is, not do not panic at this time, and don't go because you're getting low interest on your savings, and run out and buy some crazy investment. Yeah. Don't take extra risk. That's that's not appropriate. Well, we have a few minutes left. What should people do with cash? Well, cash? Yeah. Oh, in my the bank. Gosh. Yeah, we're going to switch the topic here. Oh, that was yeah. nice. You just yes. do that to me. I asked you that before the show. <laughs> you should be used to it by now, John. You've been doing it to us for years. I know. I know. Oh, golly. Well, the truth is, it, the real question is, how's your plan going? And then that, that you're going to need cash in that plan. That might be part of what what I call the ladder, you know, building like a four or five year income set aside. Maybe that takes all your cash. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So you need to look at that first of all. And then as far as investing cash, don't panic. If you ladder, even if you stick to the CDs, uh, they're paying terrible rates, of course. Right. But if you buy one for one year, one for two years, three, then eventually they're going to revolve and you'll be getting higher and higher rates. I've seen that go through again and again. It happened uh, in the 70s when your interest rates were through the roof. Right. So we're bound to see that. We're going to see higher interest rates. Right. Right now, and right now, the uh, 10-year treasury is going down. Yep. As as we speak this week, it was going down, which is a sign of 
a weakening economy. Yep. Right? Because it should be going up. Mm-hmm. Because as it goes up, it means the economy is strengthening. So that's a little bit of a, a caution, right? If it continues to go down, and we talked about this years and years ago, you know, where does it where does it go if we have an, a, a struggling economy at low interest rate environment? Yep. That interest, the Fed fund rate, is the one tool that we have to help uh, maneuver the ship, so well, to say, the rudder. Don't worry, the government will raise your taxes. <laughs> well, right? I mean, it's all in the plan, right? Yeah, it's all right. in the green book. Yeah. So, but again, the inflation is 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 real. I think people are starting to realize this. Yeah, it's real. Uh, it's right in front of us. Everything has been inflating. Uh, you know, we talked about paying yourself first. And then I, the other thing too is again we talk about always when don't do things because you think you have to that checklist approach oh it's time to right. uh, I have to go to college or I have to buy a house or I have to make all these financial decisions you don't have to what, measure it out see what will impact you mm-hmm. uh, maybe a, a community college or a local college that's less costly will do just as good for you than a big major university or not go at all I mean if you do research on how many of the successful people did not go to college. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like Jobs, Gates. Right. Okay. I, one of your your colleagues, mentors in the seventies, he, right. he told me he didn't have a college he didn't degree. Have a college degree. Like right. A couple of them. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's it is amazing, and that's what again map out your financial future. It's fluid, right? Yeah, that's the absolutely. other thing. Nothing is certain. It's going to change. Could change day to day, and that's that's part of having a sound financial plan. Is and there being, are new new things available. There are opportunities here now that weren't here two years ago. Right. So all these changes could be very good for you. Very good. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we're coming up here on the end of the show. Again, managing to be wealthy. Tell your friends about the podcast. You can tell your Alexa, play managing to be wealthy podcast. It will pop up. And uh, yeah, it's nice. Now it might just happen to you, John, as you're listening to this. No, I don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) So we appreciate all the listeners out there. Please tune in next week. You've been listening to Managing to be Wealthy on News Radio 610 WTVN.